So Mark 4.35, we're going we're gonna to get into the message here tonight. Let's just read here. Uh, this is what it, the, the context is. They, I think they just got done doing some ministry. And so that day when evening came, Mark 4.35, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And so leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. 37, a furious squall came up. If you're wondering what a squall is, it's not a vegetable. It's a, it's like, <laughs> it's like a huge storm. It's like a windstorm, a uh, crazy storm. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Come on, not the answer that we would expect, you know what I'm saying? But then it says in verse 41, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Everyone say, boom. Tonight, I want to speak about calming the storm within. Calming the storm within. Look at your neighbor and say, calm the storm within. <laughs> we, I feel like it's, it's a really important message for us to talk about calming the storm within. Here, here's the deal. You can handle the storm outside if you can calm the storm inside. Like, like, like it's the storm inside that causes us to be shaky on the outside. Uh, Proverbs says it like this in Proverbs 18, 14. A man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. Like the Message Bible, maybe it'll help us with this. A healthy spirit conquers adversity. But what can you do when the spirit is crushed? Like, like your inside world, like there's storms that come on the outside, but how many understand that the storms that are going on, on the inside are way more difficult to navigate through than the storms on the outside? Like I can handle, like it's a man's spirit sustains him in sickness. I can go through sickness if I feel okay on the inside. You, you with me? I can go through trials. I can go through mountaintops and valleys and all the crazy stuff of life, the ups and downs, all that, if I'm okay on the inside. But if I got a storm inside, it doesn't matter what storm's coming at me on the outside, I will always feel inadequate to deal with it. Come on, somebody. If, if you, like examples, like if you believe, if you don't believe in yourself, like what God has said about you, then it doesn't matter what life throws at you, you will always feel inadequate to handle it. Come on, this is what happened to, to Gideon. When you look in the book of Judges, chapter 6, you can read this later. But Gideon was, was really, in, in the eyes of God, a mighty man of valor. But in his own eyes, he was just, just a little dude, couldn't really do much. And you know what's crazy about it? Like God takes him through a series of tests and all these different things. And he had some tests and all this stuff. And, and what's so crazy about it is like the angel of the Lord believed in him. God believed in him. The enemies believed in him. You know what I'm saying? He went and heard the dream from the enemy. But the only person in the story that didn't believe in him was him. And if you don't believe in yourself, it doesn't matter what's, what comes out your way. You will never feel inadequate. The storm inside becomes more reality than, than any kind of victory that you can face. Because, because the, the ability that you have to deal with the stuff inside is, the, is directly connected to the way you can handle the, the outside storms. Are you following what I'm saying tonight? And I mean, other things, if there's unresolved conflict in your heart, it's hard to focus on what you need to do. I mean, understand, I mean, how many guys know what I'm talking about? Like you have, you know, a computer and you have like 50 windows open. Then you try to open one more program and the whole thing just crashes. You know what I'm talking about? You got like 50 apps open on your phone and then you try to like post a status on Instagram and all of a sudden your phone just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't know if that, ha it never happens on Apple products, but maybe on the other stuff, but. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. How many understand though, like like if you got conflict going on in the inside, it's hard to just it's hard to just like pay attention in class. You know what I'm saying? Like I got like six papers, I got, I got like family drama, I got roommate drama, and I don't know how I'm about to pay rent. You know what I'm saying? 
And what I got to eat for lunch? Top of ramen, you know what I mean? Like, and we bought a can of tuna just to put in the top of ramen so that I get protein, you know what I mean? Like, this is life, man. And you go to class and be like trying to tell you to do your, you know, oh, pop quiz, be like, oh, you know what I'm saying? It's like someone shook a soda can and you just beep, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel because the, the, the storm inside, you know, what, you know what I'm saying? Directly it relates to how you handle the storms on the outside. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're insecure inside, you always respond defensively on the outside. Everything anyone says is like, oh, why are you trying to say that about me? You know, it's like, whoa, bro, you know. How many understand, like, have you ever made, like, a little mistake around somebody and they reacted like you just cut their arm off? <laughs> You're like, I, I'm sorry. I, I just I just said your name with, the, you know, the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, confusing when I read it on the paper. The English letters don't match the way I'm supposed to say it. And they're like, wow, why are you doing and you're like, dude, help me understand that, like, that wasn't the problem. There were some more problems going on the inside that you just were the straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I'm saying? You were the last person to touch the shaken up soda, and you just got blown up on. Because, because it's directly re- related. The storm inside directly affects how we deal with storms outside. And, and so, man, I, I'm talking about tonight, I, I want us to be able to walk away with learning how to be at rest within ourselves so that we can handle life adequately. Like that, that's, that, the reality is, it's like we, we go through stuff in school. We go through stuff with family. We go through stuff with work or lack thereof. You know what I'm saying? Like we go through stuff with homework. You know what I'm saying? We, we go through stuff with relationships, with church responsibilities. And this, this enemy called stress sometimes, it just sits on us, man. And, and stress is an enemy. Anxiety, let me understand that anxiety is actually rooted in fear. And fear is an enemy of love. Like, we're, we're supposed to walk in love, but we're living with, you know what I'm saying? We're, we've partnered up with fear, and it's like anxiety is driving us, man. And, and, and man, I, I think when you look at this story that we just read, the disciples were freaked out because the squall, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would be freaked out because, man, I, it's like a life-threatening storm, man. And help me understand, like, you're in the middle of a boat, and all of a sudden, it's like those crazy, you know, those movies where they talk, and you see this happening going on. I mean, I've seen, like, Life of Pi, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, those storms, or the homeboys just sitting there with him and the tiger, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I don't know, whatever, forget about that. But I'm just saying, like, you're in the midst of these crazy things, water's coming on the boat. How many understand? They have a good reason to be freaked out. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I understand. But he, here's what I want... To, to propose to you is that I think that they were in the midst of the storm, but they actually let the storm get inside of them. I, I feel like, like, like it's almost like, hey, I'm going through this thing, but, but I'm also letting the thing get inside of me. So now the storm's not only going on out here, but storm's going on in here. And you can see how they reacted kind of showed us that there was actually a storm going on inside of them. And, and this is what I think that life gets extra challenging. When, when what's going on around you gets inside of you. Life gets crazy. I mean, how many understand that when you're in a place and, and people are arguing, you have a choice to take on the emotions of the people who are arguing or to live above it? Like you have a, you have a choice right there. You have a choice to let that stuff get inside of you and you start imbibing their, imbibing their emotions and all of a sudden your face starts looking like this. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah, that's right. You know, like... You shouldn't have talked like that to my friend, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, you just took it, you just allowed the storm to get right up inside of you, and now you have no ability to defeat the storm because you let it inside of you. Like what Bill Johnson said that you have, you only have authority over the storms that you can sleep in. And so you, you, man, you can't, you got to guard your heart, man. You got to guard yourself and not let the junk going on around you get inside of you. How many understand, like, we can go, like, Thanksgiving's coming pretty soon. We got about a month until Thanksgiving. How many understand, like, that can be an amazing time, or for some of us, it can be like, oh, oh, somebody's about to get in a fight, you know, like, and it's going to be awkward. Some of us are going to have awkward Thanksgivings. It's, I, I'm sorry, but just, sometimes it happens like that, but he, here's the reality, though. You don't have to let their awkwardness, their conflict, their unforgiveness, their bitterness get inside of you. You can actually guard your heart and let it get inside of you and you can rise above it and actually be the person changing the atmosphere because you will refuse to get in bitterness. 
Well, you'll walk in love. Love is patient and kind and not self-seeking and not rude. Come on, man. Like, we, we have the ability to rise above the circumstances around us. Like, like, when it feels like everything is falling apart, you can either be a victim to it or you can rise above it. You can be like, well, this is what happened to me. This is what they did to me. And for the rest of your life, all of our confession is, oh, this is what everyone else has done to me. Well, hey, reality is like, dude, stuff happens, but what are you going to do about it? We can't just sit and complain about what everyone else is doing while we sit and do nothing. We can be a victim to it or we can rise above it. Like when you feel disappointed in life, this is what happens all the time. You can get disappointed, but you can either blame God or you can trust him. So many people blame God for things that they did wrong. <laughs> it's like, God, why did you make me lose this job? You're like, homeboy, you were late six times in a row. What are you talking about? I made you lose this job. You were irresponsible. You lost the job, homie. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, God didn't do that. Is God punishing me? Like, no, you are. This is called consequences. This is called grown-up life. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like, I got an F in the class because I didn't do my homework. Like, is God punishing me? No, homie, you just did bad job in the class. You know, like, there's nothing wrong with you. You know what I mean? Like, but, but sometimes the, the thing is, is that we blame God for stuff or we can just trust him through the process. Like, you, you are in control of your life. I love that. Like, I, I was watching some clips today of that Disney movie, uh, Inside Out or Pixar Disney. Is it whatever? Pixar Disney, same thing, right? It's so funny, dude. <laughs> it's like, but this is, it's like, it shows like the internal battle with all these emotions, you know, and it's so funny, like when the dude comes to the door to ask the daughter to go like whatever ice skating or whatever they're going to go do. And the dad's like, what was it? Hockey. Okay. Yeah. He's just like, is Riley here or whatever? And, the, and this, all these radars go off in the dad's head. He's like, boy, 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 you know, like, but I feel like, you know, that, that's such an awesome picture of what's going on inside of us all the time, man. You, you can choose to partner with the anger emotion. You can choose to partner with the disgust emotion or whatever the other words are, you know. I, I, ch I would rather choose to partner with the joy emotion because I think that one's the fun one. But the thing is, is like we have, we have an opportunity to take control of our emotions and not let them rule our lives. And I feel like so many times, especially in this like age group, because you're learning, you're transitioning out of like high school and letting mom and dad do everything for you. And now you're like paying for stuff and you actually had to pay for your car insurance and you had to pay for your gas. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh man, like I can't go to Denny's tonight, homie. You know say like, I can't go like, <laughs> it's like, I can, I can, oh, I, you know, we had this thing back in the day called LO, which means leftovers. And sometimes, uh, yes, someone's brother back there used to be the designated LO. And when we would go to Denny's, he wouldn't buy for buy anything because he didn't have any money. So he would wait 10 minutes, 15 minutes after everyone got their meal. Everyone had like half, they would only eat half of their plate. And then homeboy got all this extra food for free. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you do it. You know, you got to learn how to survive out there. It's the concrete jungle. No. Like, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> some of y'all get that reference. It's okay. Listen, like, this is a transitional period in your life where you're actually learning that you can't, you can't just, like, depend on everyone else to do things for you. You have to take initiative, take responsibility for yourself. And in our context, and I learn how to manage the storm within. You, you have to learn how to manage your emotions. You have to learn how to be in control of yourself. And so the challenge is not to allow the storm going on around you to get inside of you. The, you know, reality is, is it, it happens and it gets difficult. So we need to learn how to calm this thing and we need to learn how to guard our hearts. Jesus said this, and it's so, so powerful in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you and peace I give to you. My peace, not as the world gives do I give to you. Then he says this phrase, let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid. In other words, you are the, you're in charge of letting your heart be troubled or not. He said, guard, guard your heart. Don't let it be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. That you can either open the door of your heart to fear or you can shut that door and you can keep on knocking, but you can't come in. You know what I'm saying? Like, and all the stuff, you can, you can knock it off, man. You, 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 can, you can shut the door to this stuff. Jesus said, I'm gonna give you peace. And I'll, I'll, it's, it's not going to be any kind of peace. It's going to be my peace. 
that kind of peace that helped me take a nap in the middle of that storm, I'm gonna give you that peace. But it's your job to guard your heart and not let stuff get inside of it. Because if you do, then let it be troubled or you let it be afraid. But you, you have the ability now to guard your heart and not let it be troubled and not let it be afraid. But you actually, Jesus said, you actually have the ability to push fear out of your life and not let it get inside of you. I really believe that one of the reasons why Jesus was able to tell the storm to be quiet was because that he had incredible peace and trust living inside of him. Like, I, I really believe that, that, I mean, look at it. Like, he was the one guy on the boat sleeping. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is a life-threatening storm. You know, like, water on the outside of a boat is good. Water on the inside of the boat not good, you know what I'm saying? And homeboy is sleeping on a cushion, you know, like, I don't know why they said a cushion, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, sleeping is sufficient enough, but he got snuggled up, man, he, you know what I'm saying? He was just snuggled up on a cushion, man, or a pillow, whatever your translation said. Jesus grabbed the pillow and said, I am going to take a nap. I don't know what y'all are doing, but I'm going to take a nap. Yes, there's a storm coming. That's cool. I'm going to take a nap, you know, like, this is the incredible peace that was living inside of Jesus. Like, I, I, and I, I think that, that man, it, I want you to notice that it wasn't the storm that woke him up. Like, he was sleeping through the storm. The storm didn't wake him up. The thing that woke him up was the cries of his disciples. Come on, man. This is incredible peace. Like, he, he responds to relationship, but he's not responding to the, the storms and the trials. And when I look at Jesus, I just go, wow, what a great example of someone who, who learned how to manage himself in the middle of trials, who, who, who learned how to manage themselves and live in peace, even though the world was falling out apart around. Like literally this thing could have killed them. Like they could have drowned in this thing, but somehow Jesus trusted that he was going to make it to the other side. You remember what he said in the beginning? He said, let us go to the other side. And so he expected to get to the other side. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that the way, the reason that Jesus was able to release peace on that storm was because he had it inside of him. He had peace with his father. He had peace with his enemies. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, he was at peace within himself. He knew who he was. He was settled. He wasn't li li living with guilt or condemnation or shame. He wasn't, he wasn't walking around with rejection. He wasn't walking around with, I wonder if God's going to do what he said he was going to do. He's just trusting. Simple trust, simple rest, it's peace. And you can, you can sleep in that kind of stuff. You know, like, you know, there's like this line in, I think it's, I think it's Gladiator, where the, uh, the guy who's playing Caesar was looking at the baby and just going, he sleeps really well because he knows he's loved. And I love that, man. This, and I shared this a couple weeks ago when we talked about Psalm 127 that says, you know, it's vain for you to rise up early. It's vain for you to uh, uh, stay up late and, and to eat the bread of sorrows. He said, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Like, man, like, you, you can rest. Like, Jesus is a living example of Psalm 127 where you can, he gives his beloved sleep. You can actually sleep, man. How many understand that, like, it's, it's a challenging thing to have family conflict or friendship conflict, uh, you know, responsibilities at school, responsibilities at church and all that, and then try to have a good night's sleep? You know what I'm saying? That's hard to do. But I believe, and I'm going to give you some keys tonight that will actually help us to learn how to manage the storm within. Like, I'm not just going to leave you cliffhanging and be like, man, you know you really need this. Amen. Go and figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might want to pray about that. I'll see you later. You know, like, Here's what, I, here's, <laughs> see you next Thursday. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. In my head, I see opportunities and I have to take them. All right. All these start with P, okay? Here's things. I want to give you some keys to calming the storm and sustaining peace in your life. Uh, they all start with P. Number one is passion. 
And I, I want, I'm saying this because if, if this passion, like if this decision doesn't settle in your heart that I'm not going to be a victim, I am going to overcome. If that doesn't settle in your heart, the rest of the things I say are just going to be like, I don't know if I can do this. Like you have to decide in your heart. Like, I am not going to be a victim. You have to take action. You have to be responsible for your life. And don't wait for someone to fix everything for you. You are not a victim to your circumstance. You with me on this? Like, you are not a victim of the things that have happened to you. And God has grace and compassion for the things that have happened for you. I'm not saying he doesn't. All I'm trying to say is it's time sometimes to, to, to just, okay, this is what happened to me. Then what am I going to do about it? I can't sit here and just wait and wait and wait and wait. Unless I'm waiting in the presence of God where healing's happening. Let me all know what I'm saying. But in other words, it's good to have family be there for you uh, when you need it. But man, you, you got to learn how to problem solve. You, you've got to learn how to take care of yourself. You, you've got to learn some things. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I mean, even practically, like, man, let's, like, let's learn how to, like, change a tire or something. You know what I mean? Or call some homies who know how to do it, you know, <laughs> like, and have them teach you how to do it. I, I I know that that may not be, you know, the exact thing, but I'm saying like, sometimes we're like, we're, 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 we're like, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to put this in words. We are trying to depending on everyone else to do things that we think are so hard when we actually have the ability to do them for ourselves. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, someone needs to wash these dishes. Homie, you have hands, use them. You know, like wash your clothes, you know, put the odor on, whatever. I don't know. Like, I don't know. What, I'm sorry. I'm just going random here. Jesus was there for them in that moment, but he was only with them for three and a half years. And they needed to learn so they could carry on when he left. Like he was there, he was there with them for a certain period of time, but there's a period in life where, like this happened in my life, where I got transitioned out of a group that I was with for a lot of time, the discipleship and the family and all that, but the Lord moved me out of it. And this is what I felt the Lord was telling me. It was like he was taking the crutches away from me, and he's helping me learn how to walk on my own. Like, it was, it was a family. It was discipleship. It was, it was a church family that I had. This is before I came here. And, and I, I, the cloud was lifted. All I can say is I knew God was asking me to go somewhere else. And, and the relationship started falling apart. There was just, just wasn't working, man. And I knew in that moment, because I was like, God, what is going on? Like, what did I do? You know, like, you know, sometimes we go through stuff and we think it's just because we did something wrong. It's like trials don't always come because you messed up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, maybe God's moving you somewhere, you know? Maybe God's trying to show you some things that you need to do. And so I was moving from one place to another in a transition, and it was hard. I felt alone. But one thing that I remember was the Lord said, I'm, I'm teaching you, or I had this impression in my heart, he's teaching me how he's taking crutches away from me and I'm learning how to walk on my own. I mean, understand, like, it's cool to have your parents there to tell you, hey, you better wake up. You know, you're going to be late to school. And then you come to college and you're like, mom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you better remember to do your homework. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have parents doing that, you know, when you're younger and then you go to college and then like, oh, crap, it's due tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And it's seven pages. <laughs> like, and so Jesus was there with them for a certain period of time. But how many understand he didn't just do everything for them? Like he actually asked them questions. He said, hey guys, why are you so afraid? And why is it that you still have no faith? It wasn't like, hey, let me just make you feel bad about what just happened. Hey, let's ask some questions so you can understand where you're currently at in your situation. Let's make some assess, assessments, and let's help you come to a conclusion. But I'm not going to give you all the answers. I want you to figure out the answer for yourself. When, when Adam ran away from God, he didn't just say, you better knock it off. I'll, make, I'll give you something to cry about. You messed up, and I'm going to smack you. You know, like, what did he do? He asked him questions. Adam, where are you? Y you with me? Like, did you eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from? He asked them questions, not because God needs information, but because he's trying to help Adam come to a conclusion. Oh, snap. Where am I? I'm away from you, and I shouldn't be, because I belong with you. You with me? Like, hey, why are you guys still so afraid? Oh, man, I'm not trusting you. Whoa. Help me understand that sometimes it's better when you come to your own conclusion as opposed to when someone gives you it. 
because you actually own it a little bit more. It doesn't mean that you can't have other people help you. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying sometimes ask some questions. Let Jesus ask you some questions. Hey, where's your faith? Are you, where, where are you putting your faith in? Where, you know what I'm saying? He asks questions like, where is your faith? Because he's asking you, what are you putting your faith in? You with me on this? Like, if you're putting your faith in him, then there would be a different response in the moment. But let's say, like, where are you putting your faith? Oh, man, I was, I was putting my faith in me. Ah, thanks, Lord, for helping me get to that conclusion. But you have to have passion. One thing that the Holy Spirit gives us is self-control. And this is, this is like, kind of wild, but God actually does not control you. Like when you have the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in your life, you're actually back in charge again. You'd be like, okay, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Hey, Holy Spirit actually gives you this thing called self-control. That means he actually, like when you get born again and you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, you become a self-controlled, really like a, like a responsible person who can manage themselves. Whoa. But like, I can do spiritual gifts, I can prophesy. Well, can you manage yourself? Because that's harder than prophesying. <laughs> I just want to let you know. Like, <laughs> Help me understand what I'm saying. But you have to have passion, though. You have to have passion for this stuff. You want to calm the storm within. You have to have passion to say, whoa, I am not going to be a victim to this storm. I'm going to get above this thing. And I'm going to let Holy Spirit work in my life because when he works in my life, I become powerful again. I become a responsible adult. Isn't that crazy? That's what the gospel does. He makes us actually responsible adults because that's what lost in the garden. The garden was, uh, Adam's, God says, hey, Adam, what, what's going on? Uh, the uh, the, the wife you gave me, Lord. And then, and then okay, Eve, what's going on? This, the, the devil did it. No one took responsibility for their actions. And so you get born again, forgiven of your sins, and Holy Spirit moves in you. You become responsible again with self-control. Hey! You want to calm the storm within, be responsible. And take responsibility for your actions. Be prepared. Okay, I can preach without a microphone, but it's helpful for the recording. So here's the deal. Passion is important for the rest of these. The second P is presence. It, it presence, that you have to intentionally pursue God's presence. Like I'm telling you, like James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Like, did you see that? There's an initiation on our behalf to draw near to him. Like, I believe he's already there with us, but there's, an, there's something that happens. I don't understand, like, I could be sitting right next to Rochelle, but when I turn the affection of my heart towards her, that changes the, the moment a little bit, right? Hey. Ring talk right now. We're talking ring talk. Hey, listen. <laughs> the presence of God, we have to intentionally turn our affection to our hearts to him. And we want to calm the storm within. Man, when Jesus died for our sins, he made the way to the life-giving presence of God and he made it available anytime, anywhere, any place. Practice coming before God and by faith believing that you're before him. Like one practical step to do this is, is to worship on your own. Like that was an amazing time of worship right there. And I'm telling you, wow, we can actually take that and play that word, you know, not necessarily to record this enough, but I'm saying 
you, you can get the CDs of the worship and you can play them in your car. You can, you can worship at home. You can put a stereo in your shower, you know, whatever it is, like, like wherever, blast a stereo in your room, sing as loud as you can so the neighbors start knocking on your door, whatever it is. I don't care where you do it because you can access the presence of God wherever you're at, but you've got to get into the presence. And Psalm 22, 3 says that God is holy and that he is enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In other words, like God comes when you start turning the affection of your heart towards him and you start singing these things like, like I will love you, Lord, my strength. And you're just singing and you're, you're turning your heart. He comes. I can, I can remember times of so many, I mean, multiple times, but I, I can remember times of just stress headaches. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, stress headaches. You're like, and I, and I shared this a, a few months ago when I was talking on Sunday, but I, I remember getting out of work at Joe's Crab Shack and I'm walking to my car. My friends were hanging out on side. I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> like, and I went in my car, turned on Chris Tallman, you know, the song called Enough and just started worshiping. Like, all of you is more than enough and all of me. And I'm telling you, like three minutes, the presence of God just falls on me. Like the stress headache falls off. Like I'm telling you, all the weights literally fall. The, the, it's just calm the storm within me. And then I went back out and be like, all right, I'm good. What's up? What are we doing now? You know, like, you want to hang out? You know, like, presence though, man. Just being near him. I mean, sometimes like you go like, man, worship's getting old to me because I know this song and all this. I feel like sometimes, sometimes worship songs can get old because God wants you to pursue a new way to love him. A p- pursue a new aspect of his character. Like this new CD by Hillsong just came out called Open Heaven, River Wild. It just literally came out like t- three days ago. And there's this song called One Thing on there. Man, I was having a moment in my office today, just like dealing, I got all this stuff and just a lot of things going on that we're doing right now. And I'm like, I, I forget <laughs> forget everything. I'm like, it's like, you know, I just want to worship God. And, and this, the chorus is like, like, all I want is, you know, something... Hey, oh, I thought you were trying to give me a soundtrack. I, you know, it's like all I want is, is, is everything that I have. I said, oh, no, this is what he says. Like every, everything I have is nothing. Jesus, if you're not my one thing, everything I need is you. And I, I'm singing this like, Jesus, if you're not my one thing, everything is nothing. Like, oh, all, like all over again, right? Like I've heard songs that have that theme, but not like this says it. You know, I'm like, because it was a fresh way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I love the other songs that are like, but I'm saying like, Jesus, if you're not my one thing, like, oh, if you're not my one thing, everything else is meaningless. Oh, God. And it was like my longing for God got awakened again. And the presence, when you get in presence, I'm telling you, presence calms the storm, just being near God. How can you be by the Prince of Peace and still live in turmoil? Just like, I didn't get by you again, Jesus. Just get in presence. Number three is prayer. And if you don't hear anything, I want you to hear this thing. This, if, if, if anything, I, I want you to learn this practice of prayer. Something that Jesus exemplified to his disciples is prayer. And I want you, I'm going to read these, these two verses that have been on my heart. First Peter 5, 6, and 7. He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. The Amplified Bible says that in verse 7. It says it like this. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. You got to learn how to take your burdens to God in prayer. And talk to God about what's going on in your life. Sometimes, and we'll talk about this in the next point, but like sometimes we just talk to people before we talk to God about it. And I'm telling you, when you give it to God, there's like a blessing that comes on your on the stuff. When you start talking to people, you already dealt with half the stuff before you even got to the person. You know what I'm saying? Like you just talk to God, like literally casting your care. To cast literally means to throw it on God. Like, and I, one of my one of my good friends taught me this ten years plus ago that that you take the things and you literally. Like, take them like they're in your hand and just lift your hands up to God like you're giving it to Him. And I remember practicing this stuff, and it's really working. Like, I literally pretending like, okay, this person, this situation, this frustration, I give it to you, and I would throw it to Him in prayer. 
Another verse that I want you to, to get, memorize if you haven't, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. In the New Living, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Ooh, that's good. I feel the anointing. Hi. This is so good, man. I'm telling you, if we could just learn these things right here, if we can learn how to, like every day, every night, go to, go to God and say, this is the end of my day, but I'm going to take five minutes to say, God, I give you this situation. I give you this burden. I give you this stress. Hey, listen, I don't know how to do my homework, but I'm going to give it to you. You know, it doesn't mean like, oh, God's going to do it and then send it to me back from heaven. No, no. I'm telling you, giving him, you're giving the stress of it to him. And you're saying, God, I'm inviting you into this situation. I'm inviting your blessing. I'm inviting your help. I'm telling you, you take five minutes in prayer. Then you go back to do homework. Watch how your brain works a little better. Because it says the peace of God, which exceeds anything we can understand, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I remember God was teaching me this passage in Philippians, and I had another one of them stress headaches. And this was years ago when I, when I was learning this. Like, I, I, I'm telling you, like, I've read this passage, and I'm like, okay, well, if that's what it says, I'm going to try it out. Because I'm, I'm like, I didn't come in here, like, knowing anything. I'm like, I'm, if this works, I'm going to try it. Let's see what happens. And I would just kneel by my bedside at night, and I literally would give him, and I'm telling you, the stress, after I gave all this stuff to God, literally, the headache went away. I understand that, like, like, stre- like headaches aren't just, like, just random stuff. Sometimes it's because we took on some things that we shouldn't be taking on. And I just rolled it off on God. And I'm telling you, all of it went away. And I could sleep good that night. It sounds so simple, but how many of us really take the time to give what we're going through to God? And if we're like, man, I need help. Can you talk to me? Can you give me advice? Can you pray for me? We're like, did you, did you talk to God about it? Because, man, I, I can give you only so much, but if you learn this principle, you will have peace, and the storm inside will diminish. I guarantee it. You don't even have to take my word. Take God's word for it. <laughs> Philippians 4, 6, 7. What, you don't have to say, like, he literally says that peace will, will fill your heart. And we have to learn to not keep it all inside. We have to learn to, to get it out. you got to get the stuff out or else it's going to eat you away, man. Number four is people. So we, we're, I was kind of alluding to this, but four is people. Not only talk to God about it, but yes, talk to people. Talk to your friends. Talk to your leaders. Talk to people who you trust, have a relationship with God. And for this reason, for the sake of just getting it out, sometimes, like, yes, we gave it to God. Sometimes we give God things in prayer like 1,800 times, and the answer really, you know what I'm saying, like, or like, actually, I want you to talk to somebody about it. <laughs> you can write this verse, it's not going to come up, but James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Sometimes there's some things that, hey, like, you know, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins to God, he's faithful and just and will forgive us. If we're if the storm that we're dealing with is guilt and shame, then we need to confess our sins to God. But sometimes, we need to sometimes just have a face-to-face with a person. Say, hey, i actually been messing up in this area. Because James says that you will be healed. That's a good news, man. It's a little scary because you might feel ashamed, but hey, confess your sins so you can be healed. That's good, man. Freedom. That's like an elephant get up off your shoulders. You know what I'm saying? So you get it out. You talk to, so, uh, so the, for the sake of getting it out, but also for the sake of getting biblical advice, stressing biblical advice, you know what I'm saying? It's not like, Oh, they wronged you? Yeah, you should get them back. You know, like, not the Bible. You know, like, not freedom. Biblical advice. People who can actually then pray for you. I'm talking, man, in regards to even in prayer, we got to learn also forgiveness. Like, in dealing with people, we got to, like, forgive people. Like Jesus said, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in Heaven can forgive you. That's red letters. That's Jesus talk. You know what I'm saying? That means, like, whenever you pray, 
Like, I'm telling you, like, even if you're like, Lord, I'm about to bless my food. You don't, you have something against homegirl over there. You know, like, oh, okay. Thank you, Lord, for this food. I forgive right now in Jesus' name. And I pray you bless this food and make it nourishing to my body. Amen. You know, like, he's saying whenever you talk to God, if you find out that you have something against somebody, forgive them. Because that will calm the storm within you because that stuff causes turmoil inside. You with me on this? Like, will they wrong me? Well, then don't wrong them back <laughs> by holding it against them. You with me? Are they treated me bad. Well, then be like Christ and don't treat them bad back. Don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what we're called to as Christians. And so in dealing with people, we have to forgive. And Hebrews says this. I want you to see this. Hebrews 12, 14. It says, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy without holiness no one will see the lord talk about people we talk about wanting to calm the storm inside let's try to be at peace with everybody i mean sometimes you can do what you want to do and then they won't respond hey listen you know you're not in charge of their life but it's really important for us if we want to calm the storm inside let's try to make peace with people you with me number i don't know what number five the last thing is this, pursue God's word. Pursue God's word. Psalm 119, 165 says this, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Great peace. You, you want peace in your life. Get the word. It was Jesus' word that he released that calmed the storm. It was his word. He didn't just wave his hand. It was his word. He said, quiet, peace, be still. It was his word. You want great peace and love the word. You, you want great peace in your life. Man, this, this book right here isn't just something that gets to sit on our shelf and then we maybe open it every once in a while when we're going through a problem. It's like, no, 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 no. This is my life right here. This is my lifeline. What Jesus says is life. If you want peace in your life, great peace have they who love your law. You're, this is the word of God. Very simply, we need the word to calm our inside storm. I remember waking up one morning with the craziest anxiety I've ever experienced. Like, probably in the top five times I've felt fear and anxiety. I woke up just one morning randomly and just, like, panic. I don't know if you've ever experienced panic and anxiety, but it was panic. And I'm like... I don't know what's going on. I'm freaking out. I don't even know what I was freaking out about, but it was a spirit that was attacking me. And I, I, I reached, I was like, I reached for my nice, <laughs> I grabbed my Bible and I opened it up and I read Isaiah 26, three. And it says that you will keep him in perfect peace, him whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And I read it and I meditated, I read it and meditated and slowly but surely the anxiety dissipated and the storm within me called. So I'm telling you, this stuff is so simple. It is so simple. Sometimes we complicate it. We're like, well, I don't understand. Well, man, you, you have every resource available to understand this word and to get it in your heart and to study that. Man, I, I read this thing over and over, and man, that word released peace in my heart. And man, I, I believe it's like, it's like reading this thing and choosing to believe that what God says is true, even contrary to my feelings, because that's what faith is. You said, God, you will keep me in perfect peace. In Hebrew, it's shalom, shalom. They don't know how to translate it, so they just said perfect peace. Like, all the translations say, you know, perfect peace, but in Hebrew, it's shalom, shalom. It's like double. It's like double tranquility. I don't know how to, you know what I'm saying? Like, like shalom in Hebrew means total well-being, peace, and, and prosperity, and all this. Like, everything good is summed up in shalom. And like, you will keep him in shalom, shalom. It wasn't good enough to say it once. It was like, let me tell you again. He will keep him in shalom, shalom. The person whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts in you. I'm like, I'm reading this thing. Like, I need this. And all of a sudden, it really works. It wasn't like, oh, I tried it once. I'm like, no. Sometimes we're like, we try things one time. It doesn't work for us. And we're like, I gave up. We're like, come on, man. Is that all you have in you? You got way more than we pursue God's word. How many understand that it does not take faith to believe that we're messed up after we sin? But it takes faith to believe that you're forgiven, loved, and blessed after you messed up. 
How many understand that it doesn't take faith to live by your feelings, but it takes faith to trust that God is still for you when you turn your back on him? You with me? And when we felt that we failed God, how many understand that God's word said he's still faithful to us? We're talking about this in prayer. Like, I, I just came from a wedding rehearsal, and we read this line, I will be faithful to you as long as we both shall live. How many understand this is what the Lord speaks to us? I will be faithful to you in sickness and in health, in, in joy and in sorrow and pain. and so, all, Whatever comes our way, I'm keeping my love on towards you. I'm not turning off. Come on, we, we, don't, we, we don't understand a love like this, man. We don't understand a love that says, man, you have utterly failed. Give me a hug. Like, come, come again, come near again. Because we do this thing. We, we mess up and we don't want to look anyone in the eye because we feel shame. And God's like, look me in the eye. You still belong to me. That, that's, that's, that's called faith when you, can, when you can, like, fall back on that and trust fall on that kind of love. That's faith, man. And, and, it, and it comes by getting this word and saying, I'm choosing to believe this. God's word said he loves me for free. No performance involved. You don't need to depend on your love for God. You just depend on his love for you. How many times are we like, I'm depending on my love for God. Well, my love for God sometimes is this, sometimes is this, sometimes it's in the middle. You know what I'm saying? I feel okay. Oh, wait, lukewarm. He's going to spit me out of my mouth. I'm back down here. You know what I'm saying? Like, my love for God is like, woo, and that worship set, boom. You know what I'm saying? Get home to homework, not so much. You know, it's like... I'm at church, lay hands on me, Shandala Bamba. We're like, love for God is awesome. Get back home, deal with issues. Not so much. Stop depending on your love for God because it's shaky ground. We depend on God's love for us. Always steadfast, always sure. The gospel isn't you loved God, so that's why he came. The gospel is not that we loved God, but that he loved you and sent his son to save you from your sins. If you root and put your feet on that ground, you will be unshakable in life. It says that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Our love for God is irrelevant to the gospel. Yes. I like this message because it offends religious hearts. It, it, it offends us. It offends the religiosity in me because I think, God, I've done a lot of things for you. Don't you want to bless me now? And he's like, it's not about you doing things for me so I can bless you. It's I love you regardless of what you do, and I'm going to bless you anyway. It's just gospel, man. Sometimes we switch it around and we pray for people like, Lord, they've been so faithful. Can you just bless them and heal them? And it's like, why would he do that based on their works? Why didn't he do it based on the finished work of the cross? Because his work at the cross is way better than ours. We're like, we grade ourselves based on our performance. We're like, man, I don't know what that grade report looks like. You know what I'm saying? I don't really bring it home. When I was, in, when I was a little kid, we, we used to get E's for excellent, you know, when I was in elementary school. We're like, mom, I got an E, you know, like. But man, hey, how many understand that we can, we can get F's, we can get C's, we can get D's, whatever it is. But Jesus got an A. And at the cross, he took your report card so you could get his. A. I just really believe that if you lean fully on the love that God has for you, transformation will take place. And the storms that are going on inside of you will cease. Zephaniah, you can look at this, 317, says God actually will quiet you with his love. Quiet's another word for calm, isn't it? He will calm you with his love. That's the gospel, man. This is what we give our lives for. Pursue the truth of God. He believes in you. He came to save you. And when you, when we realize and accept this love that God has for us, that we know through the truth of God's word, the fear just drains out of us. So how do you calm the storm within? You have to have passion. You've got to get in the presence you have to deal with it in prayer. You've got to talk to people, and you've got to pursue God's word. That's the way it is. I believe that out of those five things, two or three of those, maybe, maybe two, one or two of those are going to really highlight to you. And I want to challenge you over this next seven days to make it a point to take these things. If you don't do any of this stuff and you only do one, just do prayer. I'm telling you, all this stuff is amazing, but if you're like, I need to start somewhere, 
if you can just get the one thing and learn how to pray and learn how to take your cares to God and give them to Him, I guarantee this will be something that will change the rest of your life. I guarantee it. Did Danielle just leave or is she going up to the stage? Oh, that's good. Because <laughs> I'm about to have her come up on the stage to lead worship. That's cool. Here's the deal. Uh, band, you guys can just start coming up, and, and Danielle will be there in a second. <laughs> it's like, we're just having interaction tonight. You know what I'm saying? Let me throw this. You don't even need it. You know what I mean? I'm just messing. Uh, I want to close with this verse, Psalm 62, verse 8. Psalm 62, verse 8. This, this verse, when I was uh, learning a lot of this stuff uh, and, 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 and developing in this, it says this, Trust in Him at all times. Oh, people, pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. When I was going through, I would hold on to this. I realized, okay, I can do this. Trust in Him at all times. I can do that. Pour out your hearts. Whatever is going on, why? Because he's a refuge. He's a safe place. He's a hiding place. I, I'm praying for our group that this would be a group of young adults, college students, who would be resilient through all the storms because you've learned how to calm the storm on the inside. That you could go through like craziest stuff in life. You could go through all kinds of challenges and trials and conflicts and stresses, but you'll be resilient through it all because you learn how to deal with the storm inside of you. Man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. Jesus was able to sleep in the storm because he lived with incredible peace on the inside. You with me tonight? Let's all stand together. I want us to sing this song again, and and this will be our confession tonight. This will be our heart to God tonight. Like God, we're we're not going to try to figure this stuff out on our own. We're leaning on you tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this group of college students and that each one of us will learn how to calm the storm within so that can, we can face the storm that's on the outside. God, I thank you for a resilient group of students. God, I thank you for powerful people in this room. And God, I thank you for overcomers and people who take refuge in God. Come on, let's, let's sing.